Hello there. We're live. Hey. Fun. It's scary watching that countdown. Yeah, I enjoyed it too much this time. I was really... That was, that was my favorite <laughs> interview. I was dancing away for sure. Because now anything can happen. Yeah. Once you're live, it gets, <laughs> it, gets, it gets scary. Also, I just had a cup of coffee and it's like nine o'clock. So I'm really like feeling a little bit pumped, stroke jittery. So it should be interesting. Oh, chat for wow, sure. yeah. I'm not... Yeah. I don't have coffee after like 3 p.m. But because it's about 9 a.m., I've already done coffee, but now I'm having like hot lemon stuff because it's good for my throat. Nice. Well, you're such a professional. You're doing like nah, really. throat exercises. The Not really. No, I just have feet. really bad. I just have asthma and things like that. So ah, I just, I, uh, yeah. yeah, I just, it's just easier to try and keep everything moving. That's I do apologize. I don't know if you answer. can hear it, but my puppy's just started to go a bit crazy with a squeak toy in the other room. So hopefully that's not coming through. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. Noises, children noises, background noises, are all used to them by now. Anyway, mate, should we do you want to do a bit of introduction to yourself about who you are, your background, and all that kind of stuff, and then we can to yeah, learn about you. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's funny. I'm a long time listener, first time caller to this. I've been really enjoying these. So it's like, <laughs> what would I say if I were on? Um, so yeah, hi, I'm I'm Daniel. Um, I am male, 41 years old, living in New Zealand. Um, originally from the UK, so uh, I've been in New Zealand now for about 15 years. I've been working in a number of different industries, but mostly in the BI and data space for probably about the last 12 to 13 years. Right. Um, playing with Power BI for probably about six or seven years of that. And I guess that leads me to today. I can elaborate further, but I try and keep it, uh, That's... Keep it light, being as I've been in my career now for like 20 odd years. Yeah. So it just... You can elaborate whatever you like. I will start. I'm curious whereabouts in the UK you're from. Because, I mean, you've moved. You said you moved to New Zealand 15 years ago. I moved to Berlin. Yeah. 2006, roughly the same time. So. Yeah, maybe... yeah. I, I'm i from the, mid, I guess the Midlands would be the easiest way to um, say it. So uh, the nearest city would be Birmingham. Okay. Uh, but I was born, for anyone who is familiar with the UK, I was born in Gainsborough, which is near Lincoln. Um, I lived in Stoke-on-Trent for a good number of years before moving to Nuneaton, which is near Birmingham. Um, then Northampton and Milton Keynes for a bit, then back to the, back to Nuneaton and Hinkley, which is around the Leicestershire area and then to New Zealand. Wow. So a little bit of a mixed bag. So I picked That's... up a lot of regional accents as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I was, this is, I mean, I'm generally bad with accents because I'm, I'm tone deaf. Um, but I couldn't pick up any sort of accent from you, which is where no the, one where ever the really could. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of blended out when my voice broke, it kind of just went monotonous. And um, oh my god, Kerry was in the need for a while. That's a very okay. small world. That is very small world. We've never talked about that. <laughs> so see, you had to come on this show to learn. I call it a show. Is it a show? We had to come on this live stream to learn about your um, your to shared towns. We've been geographic neighbors, possibly not at the same time, but yeah, that's another thing we have in common. Maybe there's something about Nuneaton in the water that inspires awesome visualization. Maybe this is. I don't something... know. They have fluoride. Okay, that's what it is, Fleur, for sure. And Lincoln. Okay, someone was following someone here. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Oddly, I'm just down the road from New Zealand's Lincoln as well. All right. There you go. Move halfway around the world to be in a town that's very similar to the town I was born in. Not similar, but name-wise, you know. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Be like move me moving to Newcastle in, in Australia, perhaps. I've never been Newcastle in Australia. I'm not sure what it's like. I don't know. Anyway. I, don't know I don't know what happened here. Definitely one in Australia. But, uh, yeah. 
Well, I, mo- I moved from, from Newcastle to Berlin, so my, my accent didn't get quite as mixed. The only thing that changed for me was I had to learn to speak a lot slower because no one could understand a word that I was saying. But there is still elements of speed there, especially when I talk about Power BI, I get like really excited because I'm, you know, a nerd. So when I give like trainings and stuff, I've got to say, look, especially when it's like with a German native speaker, I'm like, just if I get, if I speak too fast, just tell me to shut up, tell me to calm down, tell me to slow down. Um, yeah, that's kind of the problem with with this field. You get excited about stuff. You start talking and monologuing, and before you know it, like twenty minutes has gone by and everyone's left the room. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> exactly, it's very true. And then at some point through all this th- th- this journey, you um you well, of course, we're going to talk about Dennett, right? I always say we're not going to. It's, it's unscripted and unplanned, and we're going to talk about random stuff. We're talking about you, yeah, the elephant in the room. <laughs> and you said, I love. Vega light so much that I'm going to create something and name it after a constellation. And then one second, let's clear this from the start. Is it Deneb or Deneb? I thought it was pronounced Graham, but you guys are surprising me. And um, honestly, um, it, if you want to get pedantic about it, it's Deneb. But I, I say all kinds of different things because it depends which, you know, going back to how excited we are in conversation sometimes i enunciate the wrong syllables yeah i kind of yeah. like that jeff had the uh the old the uh the funny accent over the end so it'd be like den yib den yib. which i thought was quite good yeah i can do that um, it's a happy compromise but no it's technically just yeah deneb okay but i don't worry too much about it it's not no, no. like a brand i'm protecting or anything I wasn't. I wasn't going to change my pronunciation for sure because I, I, I've said Deneb so many times now that I just couldn't. It's like same with obviously with Pbix, right? For me, it's a Pbix, and everyone says, "See, yeah, see, it's interesting, right? You've got the PBIX versus Pbix, but with custom visuals, um, the file names are longer. So I kind of have this weird portmanteau of of, of spelling it out, but also shortening, short, you know, shortening it. So I say mm-hmm. PBIviz because it's it, you know. It's, I can't find a good way of saying it eloquently. Yeah. So it's, I kind of split it into, you know, letters and, and, a, and a syllable. It always frustrated me in like the early days of people like using, saying into websites, people would always like say the W part. And I say the W part because it's so frustrating that it's literally the longest letter in the English alphabet. WWW takes so long to say and it's so stupid. Yeah. One w- thing that always w- amazed w- me was here in the Antipodes or this uh, this area of the world, we we say dub dub dub, which I think is dub. quite cool. Yeah. And I met an American person once who said trip dub, and I was like, that's pretty cool. Like that that's yeah, I like that. Yeah, trip dub. But then dub. times change and, and no one no one said WWW since about I don't think two thousand two, maybe, I'm not sure. Um so yeah, life becomes easier. There's a really good um you're from the UK, so I don't know if you ever listened to Radio One much. But um, not for a while, but yeah. Yeah, but um, you know, you know Scott Mills, the DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a pretty good um, day where he just plays sound bites, and people ask for their favorite sound bites to be played. And this is really good one of Pete Tong, who was a Pete Tong, pretty, yeah. good, pretty. You know, you probably know who Pete Tong is, but when the, yeah. when the webs, the internet was like relatively new, and they were reading out his website hmm. on the show, and it was like this really long rambling run-on sentence where he's like. <laughs> https colon slash slash w and it just went on and on for minutes and it's like that's not convenient <laughs> oh class love it hey um oscar html visualization rocks thank you does that's very kind uh yeah, it does he's correct it does what it says right yeah exactly it's fantastic stuff so you you you've been working this field for 20 years and then at some point you just went how did that, where did, where did, where did this come from? Where did, I will create Deneb and it will be awesome. Where did that come from? 
the i think you know history wise you know some of us can remember when power bi was called power bi for office 365 and it was all in excel so you had like power view power mm. query power pivot and power view was this kind of it's what sucked me in because it was this the first attempt at the visual layer and it was written in silverlight that didn't mm. matter and it had this really neat interactive clicky clicky draggy droppy thing right so it's very similar to what you see in power bi now but it was like, you know, you drag fields in, they get pivoted and various other things. I'm going somewhere with it. Um, one of the features they had with the visuals, the visuals, you couldn't really do much in terms of customizing them. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I had was the ability to tile, um, which is basically small multiples. Okay. And when Power BI moved to how we know it in about 2015, mm -hmm. the, there wasn't really any feature parity there that they pretty much moved everything across from PowerView within about six months and small multiples never happened. And I really, really wanted them and I put up with it for years. And custom visuals came out pretty quickly after Power BI went sort of GA. Mm. And I thought, cool, that's something someone else can worry about. Mm. Um, but it got to about 2018, I think, and I was just trying to use report techniques that weren't there. You know, small multiples still weren't there. It was a couple of years. True. Wasn't going to turn up and no one really developed. There were some visuals that had it. So there were some commercial visuals, but I wanted to really have a lot of control over what I wanted. So mm -hmm. I thought, okay, I'm going to have to learn how to write these things because they were always something somebody else wrote. I would wait for people to do things, but it just wouldn't come along. So and I had a little bit of web development experience. I, I'd done stuff in D3 and tools like that that are used for a lot of online visual stuff. Yeah. So I basically just sat down and begrudgingly learned how to do it. So oh. my first visual was called the small multiple line chart. And eventually it got to a point where I thought I could probably push this a bit further and put it in AppSource and maybe some other people could benefit from it. Mm. What, what you don't realize is the difference between building a visual for you and building a visual that works for everybody mm. as well as it possibly can. So you can, you can get a visual working pretty quickly, but to actually kind of productize it, and it, it's really hard. It, it adds so much time to the to the development cycle. Mm -hmm. And that, that was a hard lesson to learn. And you've got to have an infinite amount of patience for that stuff. And and it wasn't a great visual, but it, it did what I wanted. And some other people liked it. And I, I kind of chipped away at it. But what you sort of learn is it's quite a big discipline to, to, to change from what we conventionally do in the BI space, right? So we mm -hmm. do DAX and we do M. And we can we can dive into those and play around with them. You know, we've got some brilliant people in the community that can do amazing stuff with DAX, right? Same thing with them. But with visuals, you're kind of stuck unless you want to be a web developer. And anytime, like I was kind of just getting more and more into it at this point. So I did the violin plot, um, which is another visual I did. And that was another one which I could prototype in about 10 hours, but it took about 150 hours to make it, you know, something some other people could use. Yeah. So this stuff really kind of racks up. And then every now and again, I get requests from people to build them custom visuals for money, wow, which, which okay. was an exciting prospect. I can but imagine. the thing is, is when you actually quote that up for somebody, they're like, yeah, I don't want to spend that much money. No. So then at that point, you're like, well, okay, firstly, if I were to monetize this, I basically just gave up doing work for money for custom visuals. So I don't do, I don't really do that much these days, okay. unless it's really, you know, good. But um, what I sort of realized was that there's plenty of other languages that we could use in the visual layer that aren't quite as low level as JavaScript and 
needing mm. to know HTML and CSS and that kind of yeah. thing. And there's so many people that are so creative um, that, and they don't want to worry about that. So, they, you know, I had a look around and I, I, I was aware of Vega, Vega Lite, and I thought this is a really good fit because most data people can kind of get their head around JSON. Yeah. You know, if you work with web services and, and a lot of modern systems, you, you kind of know what JSON looks like. Yeah. Good point. And, and it's just a really neat way of being able to kind of prescribe how visual works. And, and I was into Charticulator at this point. And yeah. we were seeing visual grammar become a thing, really. You know, it's, it's been in Tableau for a while. It's yeah. been in R for a while with ggplot. But Vega Lite and Vega are just really good languages. They're built by awesome people, people way smarter than I am, way better in this space than I am. But I can I can bring it across. So the thought was to really, how do I really reduce the time between iterating in a in a totally different tool like Visual Studio Code, yeah. building a visual, testing a visual, where I could just build a visual inside Power BI like the R or Python visuals, get feedback yeah. immediately, and let people that are more creative than me and don't rely on me as a gatekeeper to you know because I, I write the code and you have to you have to live with my my development, right? I develop something the way I think it should work. Mm. And I'm not Zebra BI who have amazing knowledge in this space and actually can really do amazing stuff, but I can help people in other ways. So my goal, you know, and, and to be honest, I, I played around with the idea of making an editor for it in, uh, you know, Power BI, like basically mm. what we see today is the product of about 18 to 20 months of development and dead ends and various other things. Yeah, yeah. But I did a, user group with Discovery AI, who you, I think you probably know, Alison Christian from Discovery yeah, AI. Yeah, they're awesome. I love their work. It's cool stuff. Yeah. So they asked me to do a little spot on custom visuals in general. Mm. And I'd had a brief, you know, sort of acquaintanceship with Kerry before that. She'd reached mm -hmm. out to me and said she was doing some stuff with HTML content. And it was really, really impressive. So um, we ended up speaking at the same meetup. And okay. at the end of my little my section, which was first, I just did, oh yeah, here's this thing I'm working on. And I just showed a very basic, yeah. put a Vega light thing in and you get a visual. Mm. And I think she just reached out afterwards and said, I really want to be able to do that. So it's basically cool. thanks to her that I've put up with it because it's been a really, really long and arduous journey, but I'm really glad to see where it's going. You know, you're imagine. picking it up. Other people are picking it up. Mm. It's got a hashtag. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I can imagine it must be very cool. Um, I can't, I mean, I think Jeff said this for this, that you gave up doing something for money to do it for free instead of me. <laughs> yeah. Um, people but, don't want to spend money on visuals unless yeah. they're really, 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 really good. Yeah. And I understand that, but, um, I, I'm a single person doing, you know, doing all the, wearing all the hats. I'm doing the development, mm. the testing, mm. the, the product management, the documentation, the, the promotion, hopefully other people will do that for me. But um, yeah, there's a lot yeah. to do, and I'm not an entrepreneur, so I'm very happy doing what I'm doing. I mm. like problem solving. You know, a lot of us do. That's the and thing. yeah, if know, I, like, if... I like being there. I'm not looking to build an empire. I just want to give people yeah. the ability to do more, and I enjoy that. That's that, it, that's my kind of selfish part. Is that I I enjoy that, so I don't mind that it's free. Um, mm. But I. I I have enough work to do that's not yeah. visual related. You know, I do a lot of work and, you know, I work with Discovery Eye a couple of days a week. Mm. I have the odd jobs here in, in the data space that are outside the visual layer. Sometimes mm. they're inside the visual layer, but I'm, I'm just happy working in Power BI mostly. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I'm that I can free up enough time to work on tools like DenEb and give them the yeah. people. Sure. 
Now, I remember I was speaking last week and we were talking about like the joy of doing your job and to be able to create something and do something that impacts a huge number of people. And um, it must be really satisfying to obviously spend so much time on something, but to really see it used and to see you actually work well, it, so it worked well. I can well, imagine yeah. it was quite satisfying. Yeah, it is because basically I built this thing as a way for me to shortcut my time down because I was using Vegalite a lot and I thought it must be easier to automate this a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and, and I found that it was working for me. Hmm. And it just, you know, I kind of developed it basically on the premise that Kerry was going to use it and I was going to use it. And there were probably a couple cool. of times between, I think it was December, yeah, it was uh, not December just gone, but December before we talked about it briefly hmm. and April when I actually put it out in the preview. And I think there was probably a couple of times where I said, look, I just don't think anyone's going to use this. I can't be bothered. And I don't hmm. know if I said that out loud, but we had enough conversations about how it was going for me to feel that I could push along with it and hmm. somebody might find it useful. Yeah. I'm just really grateful that there are people that, that can, that are happy to work in that layer. You know, they sort of get the, we take away the UI, hmm. but we bring you closer to the, to the middle. You know, I've used this diagram a few times in a couple yeah. of presentations, but we don't want to have you fully coding, but if you can accept that you can just roll your sleeves up a bit and hmm. you're not constrained by UI in that case, it's kind of filling a gap. I think, you know, you've got, you've got Charticulator, you've got other visuals hmm. that give you a UI with lots of control, but there's still there's still some constraints there. You're still reliant on developers to give you the functionality you need. Yeah. And I kind of want to sit in that domain a little bit more. So I, I use Charticulator still. I, I use okay. most of the tools on the spectrum, but for me, it just fills in that gap quite nicely. And I'm glad that there are other people that that are keen on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, for me, actually, I find it quite interesting that I enjoy it as much as I do because before using Deneb, probably the only... The only custom visual I've ever used or used frequently. I tried plenty and never really got any sort of joy out of them or never really thought they'd added enough to actually use them. The only one I really used was Chiclet Slice because I think it's awesome. I really do think yeah, it's I mean, that's a really, that's a really good one. Yeah. And and I but, probably had a, a, a pool of maybe five or six that I pretty mm -hmm. much used religiously. So yeah. a, a lot of the okay viz ones I used. Yeah, okay. Uh, quite a lot. And some of the Microsoft ones, the Power KPI, Power KPI Matrix, hmm. they were both pretty much on my, before we could pin visuals, they were the visuals that I always had to hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think I like the idea of being able to, the other thing as well is if you build a visual and certify it, it's really hard. So the idea is, is that, you know, if, one thing I would do with clients is develop my visual privately, <clears throat> but they want the benefits of certification, but you can't do that until you publish to the store. Yeah. And they didn't want to publish to the store and they didn't want to go through the certification. Yeah. So the other thing with Deneb was like, yeah, I've got to be able to make sure that it's certified so that it gives you a sure almost like a runtime that, that your your design can still work in a certified way. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's lots of things to think about. But yeah, I, I yeah. custom visuals are a bit of a they're a bit marmite to coin an expression that you might be familiar with, but you even <laughs> a little hate it, I think. Yeah. Um, I think you know, I just I think they're a tool. They're not they're not a they're not like you know when your hammer everything looks like a nail kind of thing but used well they can really help i think it, for me it was just the fact that if i was going to use one it would have to be really add something specifically very very good and there are a large number of, of custom viz that you you use them but you have to you know of course buy a license fee and that's out of my hands for the job that i do you know if, if basically if someone wants to pay for that they can but i tend to not use them for that reason i had a colleague a few years ago back in my previous company we were building and um, creating some reports and he said to me, he said, oh, okay, so 
let's just build a visualization bear. And I like laughed in his face. It's <laughs> like, yeah, okay, let's just do that. Like, no problem. Let's just build a visualization. But it's amazing now that essentially with Deneb, you kind of can do that. You can, the, 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 I think as it says in the description of Deneb, it's this bespoke um, visualization tool. It's fantastic. And yeah. it's, uh, I, I mean, I stole that from Vega. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll fit. I gotta say, I think I I haven't had this much fun in Power BI in a long time. Just just open it up and to really get into it, and obviously it's really fun to learn something new. And I'd never heard of Vega or Vega Lite before I opened it. I've never heard of it at all. No, it's so, funny. Not a lot of people have, but the people yeah. that have built it are incredibly well known within the DataViz industry. Yeah, okay. You know, and I think people have probably come across the tooling and things like Alter, which is the Python layer okay. for Vega Lite, and and a lot of other people like. Um, Kibana, which is a kind of, um, you know, like a monitoring sort of tool. They have the ability to okay. write Vega specs inside their tools so you can visualize uh, usage data and things like that. Okay. It's become quite common, but it, it just seems like a really good fit for people that don't want to be full on developers, but just want to be able to build something iteratively. And yeah. that's the fun part for me is you start with an idea mm. and you kind of evolve it as you learn more about the data, which is kind of almost like what we do with modeling sometimes. Like sometimes we start with how a model should look. You know, I'm back from, uh, I'm old school, Kimball trained, star schemas, that kind of thing. So, mm. you know, when I started to learn, um, I was taught how to, you know, design star schemas properly with all the right requirements gathering and stuff. But sometimes when you build a model, you, you can almost have an organic path. And I think that's kind of a cool thing with visuals too. And that was something I liked with Charticulator was that you could start to play around with what works and what doesn't and throw it away or change okay. it to a different shape or, yeah. you know, and, and that's what I really like about those languages. Yeah. You just, you have quite a lot of power to be as simple or as complex or you can get lost in it. Yeah, Likewise, I think that's you can have something working pretty quickly. I mean, with regards to learning stuff, I always find it depends on the person, how that person's brain works. But for me, there's something about using I mean, I'll say Vega Light because I'm not using Vega. I'm using Vega Light, yeah. So using Vega Light with Deneb, that, as you say, it is iterative. So I can start with something very basic and then just add a little bit of this here and a little bit of that there, and it becomes something either a little bit different or very different. But again, you can, with that complete control and just adding little bits of code yeah. here and there, you can really, I think that is a great thing for learning as well because you can start off and you can, it's like you're watching your your, your knowledge grow. Yeah. As you actually build, and it's it's. I think it's quite. I think it's quite satisfying to learn because of that. Yeah, and I was talking to somebody recently, and they sort of explained that um, they see some applications for it as a teaching tool because you know, and I have an intro. I've got a pretty boilerplate intro to how you build a bar chart from scratch, mm -hmm. um, and and that's almost like the lead into how you would do it in Vega Light because it, it, it when you want to build a visual, it's basically shaped on a page bound data. You know, for lack of a better word uh, or phrase, um, it's more about how that gets moved around and encoded. And, you know, Vega Lights does such a good job of it. Um, you know, Vega's kind of a, you know, between, between JavaScript and Vega Light, but it's just, yeah. there's just such a good level of spectrum. Yeah. Oh, Jeff is really trying to make that in a thing, isn't he? Yes, he he's going for it. <laughs> but wait, it, it. You could build a multi visual page just using Deneb, right? Yeah, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I know the the Vega Light team. Their intro presentation to it, they they demonstrated being able to combine different charts in the same. They call them views. Mm. Um, you can you can use um, the in addition to being able to layer on top of each other, you can have concatenation. Yeah. So you can actually build grids with different visuals in. 
Yeah. If you wanted cool. to, you could write interactions between those visuals, but they wouldn't necessarily work with other visuals in Power BI, which is mm. where we're trying to focus efforts. Like we maybe one day there'll be more than me, but um, we're trying to focus on how things like cross filtering work between Vega Vega Light, which is different to how Power BI does it. Uh, mm. that, the tricky bit is to get the integration right. So there are some cool features of Vega and Vega Light that we may not be able to implement, but um, you could certainly build a, you know, if you wanted to, you could you could put a single visual on a page and cram a whole bunch of stuff in. The thing you got to think about though with that is, particularly in Power BI, you can only put a single data set into a, a visual yeah. container. Yeah. Visuals only have a single query. And you've got to think about your Vega, Vega light visual, then a visual as, as a table visual. Yeah. So you got to try and visualize that. But then if you can make that table work, and let's just say you have different granularities in there, as long as you understand the granularities. So for instance, you've got, let's say you've got a fact table and a dimension table mm -hmm. and you combine them together, the dimensions will get repeated all the way down, just like they do in a table. Mm -hmm. But you could use transforms to pull out the first row for the dimension values, you know? Yeah. And I can't, uh, a project I'm working on at the minute is uses a similar approach where mm. we've been able to build a very rich visual from a data set that looks complicated, but actually drives a very, very complicated visual um, all in one query. And it's quite cool. That's very cool. Um, and, and that's, for me, that's the ultimate thing is being able to do stuff where you kind of start out with an idea and you just don't know if it's possible. And then just through some thought around the modeling as well, the data drives yeah. the whole thing, but also then being able to apply things like transforms and aggregates inside the visual as well. Hmm. where they may not make sense doing the, the data model, but in a visual, they make sense. You can do some pretty neat stuff. Yeah. Um, nice. and, and that's that's really exciting. It's really interesting to talk about this sort of thing because I'm still on such, I'm, I'm still on a very basic level as, as, as I'm learning. So I tend to like learn something, I enjoy it, make a video and <laughs> I'll go again. So I just, uh, when I- See, that's where I fall flat. You see, I, I do something, learn it, and then maybe write some code, but don't really share it and probably rely on other people like yourself and Kerry and, yeah. and Jose, who's, it's good to see him on here as well. He's, he's doing amazing work. You should check so, his uh, videos out. Yeah, I saw that. I checked out the other day, actually. It was quite cool. Um, I th I still think some of the most, I mean, the ones that, that, that I saw for first, and I think I watched you, you, you did a couple, you did two videos from, is it SQL? Yeah, SQL bit, I uh, know. Power BI tips or something like with Mike. Yeah, we did a couple of, we're, yeah. we're, we're trying to do a few more. So Mike did, Mike Hollow, yeah. he did, um, he'd been using Charticulator for, since its inception. Oh. But um, the, he kind of came back to it when it became a visual and, and almost did like an exploration as if he were new to it. Okay. And he's, he doesn't have that same exposure to the net, which is really cool because um, he's able to come at it much like yourself, yeah. much like other people. Mm. You come in completely uninitiated and you start to discover it. So he his premise is that he's just got me in on a couple of videos. Yeah. So good. I, I enjoyed them. They're cool videos. Thank you. Um, really helpful. And also on those videos, uh, Mike mentioned the um the cards that Kerry created, which you, you get those cards when you get to download the documentation. I love those cards. cards. They are oh, yeah, three cards, exactly. I um I mean, I, I did, I loved them and I, and I, and I, and I checked them and I kind of used them as, as learning tools. I kind of did something that were wrong around though. I kind of started and I was like, okay, so I have this document, I have this, this thing that I've downloaded. Let's see if I can take some of Carrie's stuff, like just like copy it and then like 
try and make changes to understand it. But it was so much further <laughs> than my level of knowledge. I got so lost and I was just kind of like, you're doing the wrong thing, man. You got to start at the start. Don't start at like, you know, 10 months from now, 11 months from now. But I think, uh, yeah, right. I think yeah, we've all done it, right? I mean, whether it's with DAX, M, whatever, we, 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 go to the, we go to the internet search engine, your, your favorite search engine. Um, and Being, of course, right? We, we basically, yeah. I mean, any developer that tells you they haven't used Stack Overflow is probably lying. Um, but most, you know, most of my stuff, most of my learning was from the vaguer examples or from what other people have been doing. And yeah. I'm almost somebody that needs examples to start to understand context. So I don't think there's okay. anything wrong with that approach. Um, you can either start from the beginning and learn it properly and ultimately get frustrated that you're perhaps not seeing progress as fast because you're working on the fundamentals, or you can see something aspirational and maybe try and meet in the middle somewhere. And that's yeah. generally how I sort of work. I, I look at this really cool thing. And I'm like, okay, I perhaps don't understand that, but yeah. let's, let's change a couple things yeah. and see what that does. Sure. And that's what I quite like about, you know, Vega light. You can, you know, uh, if I were to do that with a proper custom visual, I'd have to build it yeah. and deploy it to my report. And I mean, the, it's a bit easier than that when you're mm -hmm. developing, but it still feels like that sometimes. Yeah. Whereas no, no, you get immediate feedback on the screen and, and, you can gradually get there. Yeah. And now I, I only feel now that I'm able to really think about a design. So for instance, I did something the other week where I figured out how to convert. I went back to my high school trigonometry and worked out how to convert Cartesian coordinates to polar coordinates. So I, I built a really basic radar chart, which mm. theoretically isn't supported. Okay. But because there's all kinds of things around expressions and transforms, you can actually mm -hmm. do that. And, and, and that opens up ideas as well. But I wouldn't be able to do that if I hadn't kind of got on that journey. Yeah, I'm sense. only now feeling that when someone comes to me and says, how would I build this? I can actually put it all together. That's nice. Yeah. So it's everyone's got their own learning path. And actually, I I completely agree. I when I say go back from, to the start, my my vision of the start is copying a more basic visualization. Uh, I would never even dream of like let's go at the start and literally type the first thing. No, because I'm too impatient for that. And as you say, I I just don't learn that way. I have to have something as a base, and I have to see some because I'm impatient. I need to have see something changing like straight away. Like I'm the sort of person who can never play a musical instrument because I'd have to pick up a guitar and like a week later play something totally awesome. I could never like yeah. just like learn like and so I have to I'm going to have like six months of being garbage. I just I can't yeah, and that's that. the thing with instruments, right? So I, I play instruments, but you can't really you can't take someone's awesome guitar solo and work backwards. You have to sort of develop the muscle memory and the understanding at least <laughs> a little bit. You know, I don't have great music theory knowledge, mm. um, and I'll never be an amazing shredder, but. Um, I, I, it frustrated me that it took me ages to do some basic chords and my brothers just sailed through, you know, everyone's yeah. got their own different thing, yeah. but I'm, I've got to a point with a guitar where I can pick it up and noodle away and I'm pretty happy. That's nice. Um, and sometimes that's enough. You know, other yeah. times there are people that are just rock stars of the, you know, literally, um, and they're just amazing and you're always in awe of them. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing that's just amazing about this community, right? There's just people that are so good at some things that you're just learning from all the time. Yeah. And, and particularly now as Power BI is so, like back, going back to the early days, you know, Power BI was like so small, you could be like, yeah, completed it. You know, it's just so easy. And now it's kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. now it's just, uh, it's just so big. There's so many disciplines you need and, and, and it's becoming a full stack where, you mm -hmm. know, um, it's hard to do it all. So there are just so many people that we can learn from. Yeah. Uh, and it's awesome. I think, I mean, I started using Power BI 
late 2016, early 2017, this, this time period. And I can remember thinking to myself, okay, this is cool because this is a tool I don't know. I'm going to learn it all. And then I'll learn it all. Then I'll be really good at it. How's it going? Naively not realizing that it was going to develop a lot faster. Because <laughs> I'm used to this. I mean, it's like Excel, right? I mean, in generally, you see Excel. Obviously, you can't learn all of Excel because that's huge. But you know what I mean? Like, generally, you see a program that's pretty much developed and doesn't develop quite as fast, you know? But with Power BI, it develops and there's so many new features all the time. I never considered that, would actually go, that was actually going to happen. So, no, learning it yeah. all in Power BI is not going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Excel does everything as well. You got to remember that it's uh, yeah. it, it, you know you can do anything in Excel, right? I think last pretty I checked, much. I was able to do pretty much the stuff I've done in the past. VBA has a lot to answer for, I think. You can do art in Excel. I see, we watch people do this like Excel artwork. I'm like, how? I don't even comprehend. It's like, do you do that with the VLOOKUP? I don't know. It's <laughs> it's, it's a, a fun tool, but again, it's got quite a long legacy as well, right? It's been around for a long time, so of course. But they're still doing amazing things with it, right? You just saw the Lambda stuff and the new formula editors coming. Yeah, in. that's it's beautiful. Great, there's just so much life in it. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I, I sometimes think um, regarding Power BI in the community, because obviously, as everyone says, we have a fantastic community and people are always willing to help. And I often wonder: is that because quite a few people kind of started their journey with? Power BI, and they kind of know how it feels to need to learn and need resources. Because I mean, I speak to quite a few people who, before they worked with Power BI, they were doing a completely different job. That they didn't come up through data, they didn't study this at university. And if you start off with nothing, you kind of know what it feels like to need that support. I'm not sure. People with better mindsets around it than me may be able to answer, but certainly from my perspective, I just felt more compelled to help others the more I got into Power BI. I don't know why. I think it's because, yeah, there are some, like I moved from, for me, the transition from SQL to DAX was really hard. Okay. And it still sometimes yeah. trips me up. I'm, I'm a very, 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 uh, I beat my own drum here, but I got, I got, I got receipts. I'm a pretty good SQL developer. Okay, um, cool. I've, I've, I've done some quite incredible things because one of the companies I used to work at, they insisted everything had to be done a certain way. So we had to do some amazing things with SQL, not necessarily good things, but technically quite impressive. Okay. Um, but Dax for me was a real head scratcher and I still mm. struggle with it sometimes because you just got to think a certain way and mm. I would suck up any help I could get. So obviously mm. Marco and Alberto, um, you have their site permanently open, but in, you know, you could, you could, uh, you Google something and there'd always be an answer from Owen on the community forums that would tell you exactly what you needed or, you know, Phil C. Mark had done something or, um, you know, uh, Reserad, another person, uh, I, I'm not reeling off Kiwis but, uh, deliberately. But um, <laughs> but um, you could just find that the, there'd be someone that had tried it and just felt that it was so perhaps necessary to stop other people having to go down that path. Um, I just found mm -hmm. it quite quite awesome. So yeah. that's kind of when I almost felt compelled to think, yeah, you know, I've been coasting on SQL for years and you know, gleaning help off people. Hmm. But um, it's probably time to really start seeing if I can help. And there are a few things I was able to do, but um, hmm. mostly my contributions are in the background, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, not now, though. I mean, your contribution is basically creating this awesome visualization that it will definitely grow and become more and more used, right? I mean, that's a huge, contrib yeah, I mean, that's a huge contribution, right? I would, I would, I would love that. The, um, but I'm hoping it creates, uh, it creates more content creators. You know, you shouldn't be like, say previously, if a new visual came out, a developer would have to build it and they'd have to publish it and it would have to mm. go through all the, 
um, you know, the necessary checks and balances, but they're just people that are so talented. Um, you know, like Carrie's just popped up on the comments, but you know, she's almost the first person. She probably is first, first person in front of mind for me that just, um, probably wouldn't really want to bother with, not that she couldn't cause she's incredibly talented, um, getting bogged down in that web development stuff mm. and just being able to get on with building something awesome. And, and, yeah. and we'll see, I think for me, that's more exciting than me being the person doing that. I'd rather give people the tooling and that's, that's probably yeah. what excites me the most. I wouldn't want Carrie to get bogged down in development. Cause I think that would deprive the world of her awesome visualizations. And I, I would completely agree. The world needs those things, or at least I yeah, need them. But, <laughs> yeah, but certainly I'm not the best. Like I, I work hard to try and make my visuals good, but I don't think like that automatically. Yeah, and there are just people that are so much better at it. Um, not you know, particularly within data viz, Twitter, and various other communities in general, you can get some amazing inspiration from places external to Power BI, mm -hmm. and that's something that Jeff told me was that you know just follow other people that are you know Tableau users or you know part, other yeah. other tools. You can learn a lot from them as well. It's true. So I'm just going to throw out this question from, from Jeff. Um, what can Microsoft do to help the Deneb grow that So this is what's happening, right? We're changing it every time. Um, <laughs> in, in short, I haven't really stopped to think about it. Um, I do have some requests in with the visuals team. That's the people that develop the custom visuals frameworks because okay. we're very constrained by what custom visuals can do from a security perspective, quite rightly so. Fair enough, yeah. But I want a better editor in there, but um, okay. I can't really do that because of technical reasons. Okay. So for instance, the code editor that Visual Studio Code uses, which is called Monaco, okay. um, Vega editor uses that. It's really good. We can put better auto completion in and have much more options around productivity. The auto uh, completion. Sorry, I, I misunderstood. The, which auto completion do you mean here? So, if you were to go and use Vega Editor, so yeah. if you go to the Vega documentation and click sure. on an example, they, they have yeah. their own app called Vega Editor. Yeah. And that uses Monaco, which is the Visual Studio Code editor component. Okay. You can actually put the whole um, the validation schema that we use for the language mm -hmm. can be used for autocomplete not just measures and columns, but we can actually okay. suggest marks and encoding channels ah, and all this kind of stuff. That would be cool. It's really cool. So if you ever, yeah. if you use that editor, yeah. that's a big gap between what Deneb can do and what the Vega editor does, which is one of the reasons why I just wanted to lift and shift it. Sure. But I, that's um, what I actually, I actually really enjoy in Deneb the, the auto suggest for when you have, as you say, for the columns and measures, but again, cause I'm getting started. I forget like a mark and I've got to go back to the doc documentation to remember which mark is, is which. Yeah, um, the, that would be cool. yeah. yeah, it does. It's, you should give it a try and just see, see what you like, but that's probably the one thing that I would really hmm. want to do, but there's just reasons. So custom visuals without getting too into the detail that they're, they're very, very heavily sandboxed, yeah, which means know. that they can't lazy load stuff. So once the visuals initialized, it can't easily, they can, if they're uncertified, um, load external resources. Okay. So this editor needs some stuff for the auto completion that we can't mm. package. And okay. that's probably the one thing that I'd really like, but they know that. It's not Fair the, enough. you know, I think to be, you know, to go back to Jeff's question, I think they're as helpful as they can be, mm. given what they have to manage at yeah. the moment. Yeah. Fair enough. Of course, if they have any ideas, I would love to hear them. But, um, I find them pretty good to deal with. The that particular team are great. 
Yeah, I was I was interested that they have the same. Um, they have to jump through the same hoops themselves, essentially. That there are certain of their own their own visualizations have to go through exactly the same processes. Which it's yeah, anything that's third party. Uh, I can't imagine how much fun we would have as vendors or providers if there was a way to shortcut that. And I think it's it's nice that they don't do that hmm. because hmm. Um, it it really does show that the certification process, you know, is is equitable, right? Yeah. But it's another reason why um, perhaps visuals like, you know, I can't speak for the internal discussions or anything because I don't know. Yeah. But a visual like Chiclet Slicer, which is certified, which is the third party visual, you can have images on that. Mm. And okay. I think you can load those from, from the web. Yeah. But that might have been before certification put that rule in. And now that rule is there. You may not be able to update that visual with the same functionality. Yeah. Okay. Which is why it's perhaps st seems to be stalled for a bit. You know, there's there's some visuals that got in in the early days that get this functionality that since they probably couldn't recertify. Yeah, so totally. it's an interesting and it's a moving feast all the time. Every time I submit my visuals, if they're certified, you have to really check the rules because they may change. Hmm. So enough. it's quite quite tricky. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, uh, the 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 projects the projects the ideas that I have um, using with Denev they kind of just come and go. I'll, I'll go, I mean as I said before the documentation is awesome I just go to the website and I'll click on a random uh, visualization that looks interesting to me and I'll try and to see how I can reproduce that the one thing that I've completely failed to do thus far I mentioned this two weeks ago but I haven't came any further I haven't tried it yet is maps for some reason I can't make a map work I just don't it it maps really upsets are... me. From my end, I don't have a lot of support for it because I don't like them. Um, and that's Power BI's fault uh, because I used to love maps until Power BI. And now I don't like maps because um, they just, yeah, they don't work so well. I don't. Like I'm, I'm, from, I'm from the days of, like, say, with SQL Server and all these other kind of backend mm. dimensional modeling uh, stuff we used to build. Mm. And SQL Server has amazing spatial data type support. And yeah. that just doesn't work in Power BI. So I, used to, I got pretty fed up pretty quickly. And... Fortunately, now you've got James Dale's doing icon maps. So, you know, I'm getting a bit more excited about maps again. I agree. I don't like maps in Power BI. The only time I found a map acceptable in Power BI is if it's actually done by Discover AI because their maps are just phenomenal. I love how they do maps. No, um, they're, they're great. I mean, I, I get to see I get to see that, that work internally. Yeah. And Alice is great I can imagine. with maps. She, she really... Um, She's able to bring so much out of them, yeah. and and it's good because I I'm you know we have we have projects and she's she does the mapping because I'm not you know we kind of laugh that I'm not even remotely interested in doing maps, <laughs> um, but she does them really really well. Nice. Yeah, it's a fantastic. Um, I, one of one of my least favorite things I see on a report is like a, a map where the, each size of the dot is like the the size of the net sales. I'm like, why? It doesn't doesn't mean anything. Put in a bar chart, and, you know what I mean. I it's really hard to find. Maps. Yeah, I mean, uh, putting putting data points on maps is quite hard. Um, it, yeah, but I mean, going back to, I mean, I don't know if your question was specifically about Deneb versus maps, but um, it's quite challenging to have a certified visual and load that stuff in. Yeah. So if you get the, I think on the website we do, a, I, I say think, I know because I, I go through the effort <laughs> of building it. <laughs> Just can't help but be vague. Um, we do a standalone version that isn't certified and you can load GeoJSON layers from websites and things like that. Uh -huh. um, and the examples do work if the websites let you load them. That's another thing with custom visuals that you've got to bear in mind. Um, 
I'm trying to think about ways to mitigate that inside Deneb, maybe through custom formatting or something like that. Okay. Conditional formatting. Yeah. Um, conditional formatting is tricky because you have to know exactly what you need in the visual, and Deneb's flexible. So I'm kind of mooting an idea in my own head about could we have a measure-based GeoJSON that's loaded from the model that could work. You know, I'm kind of, I'm always spinning these ideas in my head. So cool. it's not, you know, and, and that should still work in a certified way because yeah. it's not loading any data from the visual. Okay. So, it, you know, maps, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say maps are second class citizens. I just don't have as much experience with them in those tools. It's fair enough. Yeah. And I would certainly, and so somebody has raised an issue around this, and I would encourage anyone that wants stuff for Deneb to create issues in the GitHub repository because it's hard to kind of know what people want unless I mm. get it in that one place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I think we'll it's, see some cool stuff. Um, I've definitely it, reproduced some of the examples on the site. Like there's a, a yeah. London tube map that I've yeah. done in there, but um, yeah. it takes some effort. Yeah, for sure. But again, it's, it's for me, it's, it's fun effort anyway. So it's, it's, uh, you learn something as you do it. One second, can you please, I'm going to pull up a question up here. I haven't read it yet, so it might be the most random question. Can you please explain what should and shouldn't be included in the config? Aha, uh -huh, that's a good question. I like that one. It is a if good question. I mean, I, uh, you don't have to use it. No. Um, when we template, we consolidate the whatever's in the config tab, we put into a config section. So if you were to edit the spec, if you were to edit it all in the spec tab, when we import the template, we, we split that into the, the config tab which I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I should probably put a check mark for that. But honestly, it's up to you. I don't think there's any really hard and fast rules. I personally use it for styling marks. Mm -hmm. So the stuff I put in in 1.1, um, which is a whole kind of predefined Power BI theme that I contributed to the Vega themes uh, tool, um, that's like how close can we get generically to make the visuals look like they do in Power BI. I would say anything cosmetic can go in there. I don't really have, the thing is, I don't really have rules on Canvas as should. Mm. Config, you can't put dynamic binding stuff in there. Um, but sometimes you can. Uh, it's 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 part of the, some of the quirks of the language. For instance, if you were to get fancy with access label expressions where you conditionally format access labels based on certain things, mm -hmm. they work in config, but conventionally they might not if it was for a mark. You know, it's 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 a feature of the language I perhaps don't fully Okay. I, I don't have a best practice, basically, mm. is the this is what happens. You ask me a question and I just ramble. That's, I should say it depends. It depends. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the that's the that's the, the answer good, du jour. It's good to ramble and then say depends, because it feels like it just if you say it depends, it's like you're brushing it off, but you tried yeah, and the, uh, but that update, the, the 1.1, they really packed out the config, right? Because previously there was just a little bit, and then I noticed that there was a big, um, big yeah, pile. Yeah, that was quite, a, cool. quite cool. We were presenting, I think Carrie and I were presenting at, uh, it was the Austin user group, and Alpa from Microsoft was there, and he was quite excited about the theme capability. So mm -hmm. I, I knew that Vega had a themes tool. Mm -hmm. Um, so I thought, I wonder if I could contribute a Power BI one. So I basically had a look at that, and then I thought, oh, this could be a pretty good boilerplate for Deneb as well. Yeah. Obviously, I had that in mind, but um, I just thought, eh, if you want it, it's there. If you don't, get rid of it. But it was it's like just a way it... of helping you understand just how much you can customize. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, like, having it there makes you see what can be done. And again, it's just another thing to play with if you don't know. 
like if you change some values, you can see precisely what's happening. Whereas if, if that config is very empty, like it was previously, you have to do so much of that work on your own. That's like oh, yeah. hours and hours of work to understand all of that. So yeah, it's great I think to much have like, it change. Much like I was saying about how visuals, you need to rely on me as a developer to give you the functionality you want. It's almost like I, I perhaps need to do a better job of leading people to some functionality yeah. within the Vega languages, which is why that kind of came about. Um, and the idea was to have that little, those inbuilt templates, and there's not many of them, yeah. um, but we could build those out. So if, if we get some good templates, if people want to suggest templates to go in, I'm very happy to, to take those as issue requests as well. We don't want to put loads in because they pack the visual out and the visual gets sure. bigger, but I mean, it's only about one and a half megabytes, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and most of that's the Vega language stuff. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm always happy to take suggestions on this stuff. It's, it's, it's a community tool. So at the minute, I'm really program managing it, but um, I'm happy for other people to cool to, to have a say. I may have the final say, but I'm happy for them to have a say. That's fair, because I think, it's, right now. It's, it's, it's everyone's tool now. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I get the impression that you have very high standards for yourself. You say things like, I should do a better job of this, where you're doing a very awesome job. I think no, one, no one's going to um, deny if, that. So. If you ever employ me, you'll probably regret it, because I... <laughs> I'm one of these people that cannot let something go out. And it's, I think it's because I've, I, I started my career doing quality assurance and software testing. Oh, okay. And I did a lot of that for a, for a number of years. And I, I understood just like, it's very easy as a tester to, to chuck stuff over to a developer and go, it's broken. Mm -hmm. um, and it's hard to, as a developer, it's hard to think like a tester as well, because you're so focused on code that you can't often put a different hat on and test it objectively. Mm. So it was always a fun time, testers versus developers. But you start to appreciate when you wear those hats just how hard each one has it, um, you know, in terms of what they have to do. Testers have to focus a lot on quality. Developers have to try and preempt that. But at the same time, there's lots of technical reasons why they may struggle and why bugs get introduced. And, you know, I have put a, sadly, introduced a couple of bugs into 1.1 that I'm not perhaps proud of. But... If there's one thing you can accuse me of, it's taking far too long to release something because everything has to be as perfect as it can be. Because I, I don't know. I just I know what it's like to to test code and to and I used to work. Uh, I used to take that code out to the people using it as well, right? So if it broke, I was the person getting yelled at by, you know. I used to work for, oh yeah, you'll know these. I used to work for Argos, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, nice. So Argos are a UK retailer for those that uh, don't know. A lot of stores, very complex retail operations. And if we used to break something, it wasn't life and death, but it made a lot of difference to the company's bottom line. So if we if we put something in the point of sale that basically ceased trading, we would lose you know millions of pounds very quickly. Mm -hmm. So when you put software out and you're in a store and you're the person representing that whole effort and you've got people that can't work and people, customers yelling at them, mm -hmm. um, that's not fun. So you want to avoid that stuff, you know, and I know Deneb's an open source tool and, and, you know, you get what you pay for, but I want you to try and get value for money. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Makes sense. Nice. Very interesting, mate. It's, um, yeah, it's one, one thing to sit and use it every day and to, to play with it and, and learn stuff to hear about to hear about the thought process behind it is, is, is quite cool to be honest, because, Obviously, I don't get a chance to do that very often. And when I hear you talk, it's really cool. It's really in-depth about how you do this, how you do that. But actually, the explaining your journey has been it's quite, quite a cool thing to learn. Yeah, it's, um, uh, it's, it's actually fun to talk about. I actually don't get to vent much, so it's quite nice. 
realized they've probably got some issues to work out. The um, uh, let's pull this question up here because that's something I would like to think talk about as well. What's the best way to to learn Vega Vega Light? Um, to get. Can I tell you I'm, when I get there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, from my side, someone who is currently learning it, and I'm obviously still pretty basic level. It depends, of course, on the how you learn. For me, I do think that the the Vega Vega like documentation that you'll find, and also you said yourself. I mean, what I love about it is there are so many examples, but not just that you have the examples. The the editor that you mentioned is fantastic because just the mouse hoverovers, which explains in quite a detailed level what every single element is doing, the marks, the the layering, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, I would, for me, for someone who's actually on that journey starting of course at the documentation and spending time playing with it and reading it and editing yourself is a good start to expert yeah. level i have no idea because i'm still far away from that yeah i wouldn't necessarily regard myself <laughs> as that either but i mean all i can really say is i can offer you my perspective is i started much like ben saying start with the documentation the difference we have is the more people that use it and contribute to the community people like carrie people like jose people like ben other people, there's numerous other people that are, that are, you know, I'm not deliberately leaving people out, but these are just people that I know are, I'm actively talking to on a regular basis. Um, those examples will help, you know, uh, I should mention Greg, actually, I haven't mentioned Greg, uh, Greg Phelps is, I don't know if he's still here, but Greg's doing a lot of work on enterprise DNA site to, cool. to do a showcase of Deneb templates. So if, if you are an enterprise DNA member, there's a, there's a section of their forum now specifically for Deneb templates, which is really cool. That's cool. And Greg's doing heaps and heaps of work there. So I, I just, I had something in my head saying you're missing somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there it is. But um, by, you know, how did we get good at DAX? How did we get good at M? Um, people, some people have to blaze trails. We're on the back foot a little bit with the visual layer because we don't have five or six, actually, you know, several years of Marco and yeah, Alberto's true. knowledge and other people in that space that are just so good at it. We will get there. So that's the best way to, um, Best way to get good, as go, the man. meme says, is um, practice. You know, for me, um, I'm fortunate that I don't just develop the tool. I get to actually build with it mm. as well. Mm. And that teaches me a lot as well. Mm. Um, but there's, there's so many different ways to, 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 to build something. It's, it's quite open-ended. Much like data modeling, you can, you can do data modeling all kinds of different ways. It's very contextual. Mm. Um, but that documentation, the Vega developers, it's, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, it is. It has helped me instrumentally, and you know, hopefully, as a community, we'll start to elevate each other. That's what yeah. that's what my my utopian view is for for a tool like this is to give people the you know the, the tooling and the visual layer that we get with Pro, Dax, and M, that kind of thing. That's like not all on web development. Visualization socialism or something. Um. <laughs> yeah, why not? Let's let's try and figure <laughs> out what that sounds like. <laughs> but, but yeah, practice is the short answer. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, I always I. With Power BI, I've always said that if you if you want to learn, have like a, a goal in mind. Whereas actually with, with Vega Light, it's the opposite. I'd rarely have a goal in mind. I'll I'll look on the website, look at the doc documentation, see what I can do, and then just like change stuff and then see what it does and then actually reduce it. If I go in with something, you know, we talked before about a basic bar chart. If you go in with something that's more complex with, with a basic bar chart, I actually like to work backwards to see what I can remove that will make it still work. So yeah. I know what elements are controlling what, and then put them back in to see 
what it does, that kind of stuff, you know? So yeah, I was um, I was working on something the other day and I found a whole bunch of stuff that I put in there and didn't take out, but it wasn't really doing anything, but it just wasn't necessary. Mm, so sometimes yeah. you, can, you can even do that as well. There can be some artifacts left um, yeah. that just don't do anything anymore. Yeah. Uh, and that, that doesn't help either. So it's almost like you need some kind of linter, as we call them in programming, to, to find the bits that aren't needed. Uh, maybe one day. I got so much to do and only so many hours in the week. But we'll get there. We'll keep chipping away at it. It's going to get better for sure. I mean, it's already in a fantastic place as it is. I'm glad. Um, yeah, it is. Um, if in the Dublin's, it would be cooler than done documentation, people could grab templates created by the community. This is what you're saying, right? I mean, oh, um, yeah, you have some already, actually, when you where you actually download it. Yeah, there are some in the, in the visual. So the, so the thing is, is it's, it's a, for me, it's a bandwidth thing. I don't have I don't have bandwidth to to curate and develop a repository for templates. Okay, it is a lot of work, and it's just not something I can focus on. Okay, I agree that templates are quite essential, um, mm -hmm. and there are some people I'm speaking with at the minute that are trying to remedy that. Okay, so there may be the ability to to get stuff more centrally in future. We'll see how things go. But again, this might be something that's more of a call to the community to, to see if we can find something. I, I mean, I've, I think I've said a couple of times on, on socials that if anyone wants to do that, I'm quite happy to help them get there mm. because I think, yeah, finding templates, discovering templates is great. Um, but it's more about how we can make them easy to get and integrate. And that's hard with a certified visual, for instance, like we couldn't connect to a website and pull templates in. But we want to make somebody that knows more about content distribution than me could probably help with that. I'm probably missing something completely here, but for Mike, I from from my side, a, a template could be just simple as simple as like the actual text that goes in, right? I mean, if you yeah. have a text oh, file simple. that you just paste in, like someone's mentioned, I think Steve there mentioned GitHub. So if in yeah, GitHub you have loads of text files and just Paste, paste, paste. Well, to name drop, Mike Carlo from Power Tips has a repository he's building. Right, yeah. Um, exactly. So he's shared that um, um, he's shared that on a couple of places. I don't have the URL handy, but mm -hmm. Mike's having a look at that, for instance. Um, so th there are some templates in there. I don't know if there's going to be... It's also more around how we can see what they look like and that kind of thing. And there's mm. all kinds of things around that. So yeah, with templates, again, it's very contextual. Your it's for your data. You mm. may not want to have a preview image of that template because your data is potentially sensitive. Yeah. So do you want to have a bar chart with all of your stores on or, you know, as a preview image for a template so someone else can know mm. what it means? Yeah. Or, you know, there's all kinds of weird things to think about. Yeah. So again, I'm I'm building things into the tool to help with that, but it's just not something I have the capacity to manage. Fair enough. So. Um, so yeah, I think some people have talked to me about the idea of doing it, and I will support mm -hmm. them. Um, but and I will link to it from the website and that kind of thing. And and yeah, Greg, Greg's re-highlighting what I talked about with Enterprise DNA. They have that as well. They have yeah. a they have a forum, and Greg produces a lot of collateral around that as well, right? He doesn't just put a template up. He's got a sample workbook. He's got a, a, a often a video, nice and other things. So he puts a lot of effort into those. I'm not saying everybody else doesn't, but um, mm. as a as a as a place to look for templates with more information around what the template does, um, yeah. Greg puts a lot into that. Kerry writes blog posts. Jose's yeah. got videos. Yeah. Um, wouldn't it be great if we could 
synergize that to quote yeah. lovely business buzzwords. Um, again, I'm happy to to contribute to that discussion, but it's just not yeah. something I, you know, basically if you want me to build a visual to give you what you need and continue moving along, I just, I'll get nothing done. Of course. Yeah. If I'm focusing on that, yeah. uh, because I've, I've weighed it up and it's, it's, it, for me, it's, you know, I'd say it's a full-time job, but it basically is at the minute I'm probably course, yeah. putting half of a, half of a full-time job into just moving Deneb along. Yeah. yeah. I think most, most of my templates are <laughs> in my stream, in my stream deck, to be honest. Just uh, one page in my stream deck is just all mega light. You, you have changed my life with that. I didn't even think about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love uh, it. I've got some webinars coming up. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've got some webinars coming up where I'm going to automate a lot of that stuff because <clears throat> talking and typing is really hard. I hate it, yeah. It's so much nicer just to press that button and, and watch it all happen. And then when you made that change to make it all kind of type nice and slowly, not just that, that manic way that I did, um, yeah, it's cool. So, yeah. Get a it looks deck. very awesome, and because we have keystrokes for pretty much everything inside Deneb, because we have keyboard shortcuts for most things, right? Um, it's quite easy to, to, you know, to do the tidy up and various other things, which is yeah. quite cool. Yeah, uh, so I'm very happy about that. Nice, but yeah, nice. you've given me a lot to think about as well. So you see, I, I say I don't have time for templates, uh, but I'm going to put some time into automating my content a bit more, which is quite cool. cool. So I'm really grateful for that. That's just something. It was like you did it. And I'm like, what the hell didn't I? Why didn't I think of that? That's amazing. Like I, said, I did it with Dax a while ago, and when I started with the stuff with Vega, I thought it just makes sense. Just want to bring something from Jeff. Um, he writes, he put the, the link. Actually, I've noticed that in previous weeks, when people put in links, it uh, they never show up. I think there's something I need to change that all links are automatically hidden. So I apologize for that. I'll um, but I'll try and get all the links that I were will, mentioned. I will try and furnish Ben with that link shortly. And maybe he's able to attach it to the comments on the video or something. Yeah, good point. I'll do that. I should do that. <clears> but yeah, Mike, Mike is Mike is kind of scraping the web for templates he knows about. Mm. So that there is a GitHub template, uh, GitHub repository he's doing. Um, okay. So yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's early days. I think I think there's a, a long way for us to go. Yeah, um, but we can, as a community, we can you know we can pull together and do something awesome. Love it. All right, mate, let's leave it at that. It's been a nice long chat. I've enjoyed every minute of it. And yeah, it's been lovely. It's been great coming on. Thank you. Think, ah, thank you for, for joining us and, and, and talking about all the fantastic work that you've been doing. It's a pleasure oh, I, I to work with. Keep going. I, I'm, I feel like you're going to lose your voice in a few minutes as well. I'm a bit, a bit yeah, concerned. Yeah, it's getting you. there, isn't it? I keep, yeah. I keep drinking water more frequently, but uh, yeah. yeah, this is kind of what happens. Um, <laughs> got terrible lungs. Oh, man. Uh, um, anyway. Oh, Can I just address that last question? Absolutely, uh, which Steve is one from Steve. <clears throat> Absolutely. Go Steve, for it, man. Uh, when writing Vegalite, does autocode and written matter? Um, I will lead out with it depends. Um, when you're doing things like transforms, yes, because sometimes if you write calculations, um, if you're doing a calculated column, for instance, in a, in a layer or something like that, um, you can reference a field after it's been created, but I don't know if Vega resolves that. That's that's something I habitually do. Um, so the I guess the answer there is experiment, but I um, it's quite good at resolving things. Sometimes it gets upset if you put parameters in the wrong layer, for instance, with things like interactivity, that kind of thing. So sometimes you have to tweak that, yeah. but I think generally considering how flexible it is, it does a really good job. Yeah, I've but noticed yeah, one or two it, things where I've had to Change. I've tried to change the order just to see, and it didn't work. So okay, so that part kind of has to come above there just to yeah. So as you and said, there are things we need to do as well to expose those kind of errors to people more easily. 
Um, and that's something I'm working on. Cool. May not be for a bit, but there's a lot of productivity stuff I want to put into the tool to help people with debugging and understanding what's happening. So the Vega editor has some really neat stuff, and I'd like to try and get some of that in. Nice. And we'll get there. Absolutely. Well, as well, all things, we'll get there. And uh, fantastic. Cool stuff. Anyway, thank you, everyone, for your questions. It's been great to have another chat with you all. Uh, of course, thank you, mate, for joining today. It's been very thank insightful, and very helpful. I'll be back next week in the audience. You're a gentleman. Absolutely love it. Um, goodbye, everyone. Take care and uh, see you next Thursday.